<clears throat> clearing my throat for a huge episode of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. Thanks for listening in. If you uh, if you clicked on this episode, if you saw it posted on social media, you already know. You already know that Caroline Ray is on the episode, which is very very exciting for me. It is a huge episode. This one's big. Two amazing interviews. Two fabulous women of comedy, Caroline Ray, like I mentioned, and Leslie Liao, both of them uh, just killers in their own right, and both of them will be at JFL Vancouver uh, next week. But first, I want to talk about the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Specifically, the show is going live, live in Hamilton, Ontario next week. Uh, Friday and Saturday, two shows, uh, 1 p.m. show, 5 p.m. show, uh, both days. You can get tickets at CanadianComedyHall.com for that. There'll be guests like uh, Sean Majunder is going to be on the show live. Uh, Ron James is coming back on the program. Uh, The great and powerful Elvira Kurt is going to be on the show. Uh, Aurora Brown is going to be on the show. All of them live in person with me hour-long episode sit down chat a little comedy come see me come see this smiling beautiful face in the flesh in hamilton you don't want to miss it uh okay i'm done i'm done you can tell i'm excited about it but i'm done talking about it let's talk about caroline caroline ray absolute treat of a human to talk to uh so fun this was like the easiest conversation to have with somebody we have a lot in common including disney world uh which we get into she will be at jfl vancouver february 22nd at the rio for tickets to that it's jflvancouver.com you don't want to miss it uh jflvancouver.com for tickets for that um we start this conversation off uh, by talking about the show Last One Laughing, which Caroline was on uh, at JFL Montreal two years ago, we talked about it on. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper this on a night where I had maybe too few many drinks. I was drinking. Caroline and I took the worst selfie ever, but uh, I had she had very funny stories about being on Last One Laughing. So I got her to recount those stories, and that's what this interview kicks off with on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I, well, that's what I wanted to talk about because that was so funny to me. It's just I was like, "Hey, I was talking to Brandon and who else? Deborah. I know Deborah um, from that show." And I, so I just brought it up, and you were like, instantly, like, "I'm so mad that people uh, didn't still, get it, they didn't get your bit." It's such a trigger. What? Yeah, they didn't get your bit on the show, right? Like that's your. Well, they didn't get the bit, and they also didn't organize anything. Like. So nobody, it was just like a staring contest. It's like, no, make us make each other laugh. Like do something active. And then what made me so mad is I got booted out when um, PK Subban, is that his name? Yeah. Anyway, I used to go out with this guy who is so pompous and he would always brag about knowing him. And so when I saw him, I was like, and I went like that, like, and they're, and they're like, you're out. And I'm like, I was laughing. I scoffed. I went, (laughs) exactly. I scoffed. Um, But yeah, God, a lot of people saw that show. I would like to do it again. That's all. I would like to do it again. There were so many funny people and it wasn't, it was, it's like, I was dressed as a freaking teenager. I was wearing Spanx and a midriff and nobody commented. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a great show. That show had like a huge, like, I felt like it didn't 
it just had a huge cult following. Like everybody I talked to watched that show. I like, know it was in crazy. Canada. I thought I've had like, you know, you you sort of go, well, how do people know me? And it goes like this in the order. It goes Sabrina, mm-hmm. Mom's got a date with a vampire, and that LOL. Like when yeah. I and it it just it it was it was just and the Irish one just looks hilarious because Ashling B said she goes would you ever do it and I go absolutely you have to do it there should be more shows like this that we are all together you know what, I mean Colin what was the time- oh he's he's so funny uh, what was the time frame like did you get kicked like because it you got kicked out on say, like episode five okay but was that like 30 minutes into being in the room or was that like three hours? Like, cause you have no I, idea I think watching it was several it. hours. Okay. I think it was yeah. several hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, Brandon and Ash Muhammad. Exciting. I had two groups of 20 year olds. One recognized me from the comedy store and the other recognized me from the improv and neither of them recognized me from Sabrina because, you know, two years ago I went to um, Dave Chappelle's summer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon was there and he asked me to be on the tonight show. He's like, do you want to come on next week? And I was like, uh, this is the tin man. And she's got to put a lot of oil in like, <laughs> cause I hadn't done full-time. Like my, I, I've been on a series out here. So I would do some stand up, but I have like thrown myself back into stand up. Like I'm in my twenties in the last two years, I've done mm-hmm. so much stand up. Anyway, it's just, it's nice to, it's it's funny that that's what you want to be recognized from, right? Like it's like, as a comedian, that's that's who I identify as first and foremost. You know, everything else has been incredibly fun icing. Yeah, so yeah, because you started stand up. Uh, you're from Montreal originally. Did you start yeah. stand up in Montreal at all, or is it just when you went to New York City is when you you kind of jumped right in? Where are you from? I live in Brockville, Ontario. Do you know where that is? Okay, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not far from Montreal. I'm like. Two hours yeah. from where you grew up, maybe yeah. at the most. Is yeah. that so are you live there? Is that where you grew up too? I grew up here. I lived in Ottawa. I lived out west for a while, and then uh, I moved back here because I have a child and I needed to buy a house and yeah. live my life like how, that. How old you know? your child? She's how eight. Yeah, well, such a sweet age. Yeah, it's fun. It's super. It's super fun having a having an eight year old who's like involved. She plays hockey and is involved in stuff, and I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's the greatest. I was telling yeah. somebody that, you know, of all the billions of self-help books that I've read, the greatest, like I have a collection of the greatest of advice, but this one, it was called, it was a whole, it was the garden of Enuma and it was really written for Orthodox Jewish women, which I am not, but I appreciate, I feel like I, I feel like spirituality and religion is like, it's the GPS, which accent do you want your directions in? Cause we're all hopefully going in the same place, hoping to achieve whatever the same kind of consciousness, if this is what you believe. Anyway, the quote that never left my mind was never stop being in awe of your child. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, I'm in awe of her every week. Like what she gets excited about, you know, like, uh, this kind of brought me to one of my things. Uh, I'm a big Disney adult. I friggin' uh-huh. I love Disney World. We were just there last week and I brought her and just seeing her like in LA or in Florida. We were in Florida, Disney World. Oh wow, the big one. Uh the big one. And seeing her watch the fireworks at night. Uh well, like just I don't even look up at the sky. Like I just want to watch her watch them. You know, it's know. A, it's amazing to see their awe. Like, yeah. I know. I love that. It's like when they're very little and they see bubbles, you're like, wow, this is so <laughs> exciting. By the way, 
Yeah. Disney is like honestly one of the greatest. I totally you, when, once you see it, it's so much fun as an adult, but seeing it through mm -hmm. a kid's eyes, it's just amazing. I took best. Ava for her her fifteenth birthday last year. We went because yeah. thank God I am. They have renewed, or not renewed. Um, they didn't whatever. They're doing more episodes of Phineas and Ferb. Mm -hmm. That's so, a Disney show, Ferb. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we get to go, which is so fun. Anyway, you asked me where I'm from. I'm from Montreal. I never did stand up in Montreal. I was too afraid. Mm. I was working at Centaur Theater as a receptionist, and I roasted Morris Podbury, who was the artistic director. And I was on stage, and I'd written jokes, and I was like, okay, I can do this. In my head, you know, I'd been a comedian since, you know, I was four. It was the right. plan. It was just, you know, I was afraid. So at 24, I moved to New York. And then yeah. I took a stand-up comedy class at the New School with Scott Blakeman and the and John Stewart, who was then John Abramowitz, had been in the class like two years before. And then they just basically, you took this class once a week and then they threw you on stage. And then I went on stage 500 times a year for the next several years, just e all the time. Christmas, yeah, and you years, five times a show, everything. be the MC, do anything, go anywhere just to be on stage. Do you remember your first set? In New York, do you remember your first ever? You know what's set? amazing? I have, I I just found the VHS, which is what oh, my wow. entire career is on, <laughs> and I uh, yeah. In fact, I just did a special at the Sydney Opera House, and I was thinking of showing it, like in the opening. Oh, I'm that's the awesome! Just to yeah. see, sort of like, you know, where it went. I did a show yeah. a couple of weeks ago and it was for new people who have never done stand up before. It was like a charity fundraiser um, and they all had to do five minutes and then they picked a winner and they raised money. And uh, I went back and watched my first five minutes and did it. Um, I did my first five minutes. Like, I'm like, I'm going to do it for you. This was my first five minutes, like just at the end of my like half hour yeah. set. And uh, it was fun. It was fun just to revisit. This is my 35th. So lots changed in 35 years. God. <laughs> it when you... That, but you know i did take i stopped touring for 10 years i mean i did stand up i would go occasionally and i would do it always in the city but when my daughter was born i was like i'm not going on the road yeah I'm not leaving yeah absolutely yeah that, that makes yeah. sense you know, i i try to keep it close to home uh here as well when you what was it like when you came back to montreal after like having success in new york you know doing stand up um I've always had a weird relationship. Like, um, like I remember when I when I got my talk show, the meanest review was from the Montreal Gazette, mm. from like Ann Sutherland. I'll never forget it. She wrote it, and it was just like scathing and mean. And it was like I never felt like now. What sort of Sabrina did change it, but I don't know. It's the old thing. It's hard to be a prophet in your own town, and then. Yeah. Um, I mean, but Bruce Hills, who I really love and adore, who is a real friend, you know, I've done the festival so many times. Um, it's hard. I don't know. I, I, yeah, Canada's funny that way, you know? You're, you're great at the festival. I think, was it last year or the year before? You weren't there 2023. It's 2022, right? Yeah. 2022. Yeah. I saw you at the secret show. Uh, which is or uh, what a midnight surprise they call it. Yeah. Midnight surprises yeah. like the jam, and it was so fun. Your set was your set was great. It was a, it was a, a great lineup, and 
Yeah, no, I thought it, that I thought was it was the amazing. best show of all the shows I did that summer. I mean, just like it was just such a fun show. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there was the one I remember one moment where a woman was like taking photos of you from yeah. like her seat, which was like it was a huge high rise stage. And she's right. taking photos from you below and you're like, all right, let me like you can't take a photo from me from beneath and you, like got <laughs> right down. And that was very funny. Um, There's a couple uh shows or, or things I like to just ask everyone on the show. Uh, one of them is uh, a Norm McDonald story uh, for people that knew Norm. You you knew Norm a bit. Do you have any? I'm only going to say this one thing. He was a very good kisser. Oh, okay. All right. I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll... Norm would love that. Norm would love that you would end it at that. I'll move on then. <laughs> um, uh, Norm I and I were story... in, um, you know, the real story is like he, he we hung out a lot when I first got to New York in like 89 and and I knew I'd known him you know I'd seen him in Montreal so many times but I remember taking him to the hospital because he was having terrible stomach issues and he told me that he had been sick then mm. you know yeah there was I'll, I'll, I have so many funny norm stories how about when <laughs> We were doing, um, I don't know, we were both the, like, we were doing the test pilot for um, $10,000 Pyramid. Okay. Anyway, I've never, I've literally never seen anyone more competitive in my entire life. I'm like, Norm, this isn't even going to air. And I did this weird Canadian thing where every time anybody got a question right, I'd go like this, thank you. And the producer came over and he goes, you don't have to say thank you every time they get an answer right. <laughs> You're the one that oh, got it Norm, right. Yeah. Norm was really, really was the funniest. It's 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 a heartbreak. Yeah, absolutely. He was. I, did he win Millionaire too? He, I think he won. Yeah. Who wants to be I a millionaire? Did, at one yeah. Point. yeah, yeah. Game show guy. Who knew? I can't remember if we were on it together. I was on it with a lot. Of, I can't remember if Norm was on it that time. Anyway, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. He ended up winning. Anyways, I mean, I. I'm really close to Ottawa and that's where, that's where Norm started. So I always like to, to collect these stories and I've heard, I heard some great ones. Um, yeah. an another thing that I read and just like doing my research is you were there for Conan's audition. Um, I was, isn't that crazy? Which is very cool. Cause he was, uh, people that don't know if you're not in, Conan was like a writer. It was kind of a huge surprise that he even got this show. Oh yeah. So I was doing this terrible pilot at, um, God, it's, they've changed it now. It was, I guess it's the old NBC studio. I remember Vicki Lawrence was filming her talk show then. And this was like the first pilot I'd ever done. I had no idea how terrible it actually was. But Fred Silverman was, he said, he had, Fred Silverman had put like every 70s show in the air. He'd been president of ABC, NBC, and CBS at some point in his career. And he said, that's the worst pilot I've ever seen. Anyway, we were filming it and we were right beside the Tonight Show and my manager, Gavin Pallone, my manager at the time, or was, or agent was, was Conan's as well. And so he said, do you want to come over and see this test? And it was Mimi Rogers. And I remember, and I was like, um, yeah. And then, you know, I love Conan. I, he studies acting with a woman down the street and uh, this great acting teacher. And so I was driving by, I think I was on Conan. I think I was on the show 35 times. I read Pretty that. Sure. That's that's yeah. correct. You were on it yeah. 35 times, three of them with um, Chris Christopherson. Yes, which three is with Chris Christopherson. I know, which is so bizarre. 
And yeah. he would always say to me, don't tell me that your mother loves me. And now I understand that. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I got, I was watching this old clip of Conan and I, and we would make each other laugh a lot. And so I'm driving down the street and I see Conan. I just roll down the window and I go, get in the car. He's like, Jesus. Anyway, he gets in the car and then I, I got, I've got to show you this. So I'm showing him a clip of him from like, we're watching ourselves from like 25 years ago, laughing so in the car on what as we watch ourselves on the phone it was just ridiculous anyway i love Conan. Yeah. oh me too he's him. great i love what he's doing now with his podcast i don't know if you ever have a chance to listen to them but they're great where i know he interviews you know what? fans and, have yeah. lunch, so i'm very excited to go to lunch with him that's a that's awesome um what what's a, a couple more for you and then i'll, then I'll let you go what's it what's the, what do you find this difference between a canadian audience and an american audience when you're doing stand-up um it really depends on what part of the country that you're in. Mm. Montreal has like fantastic club audiences. Like they're unbelievable. But for whatever reason, those audiences are, those are hard spaces that you do them in. Like when you do the gala, you never have like the set of your life there, you know? No. Yeah. It, it, it's too far. I mean, it, to me, it's all about proximity, right? So yeah. I just did, I just did like six shows at the comedy works in denver which i think might be the best club in the country you know i've heard that a LA few is times tricky. Yeah. everything is you know i i trained in new york where they heckled you on the way to the stage there would be some irish guy screaming you're a fuck you're not funny i'm like yeah. i'm not even at the microphone yet like <laughs> give me a minute yeah. you know so we we grew up like as so defensive like that's why new yorkers are such good roast roasters because we mm -hmm. just like you know you have to gain control very quickly um, but no, I mean, I've had fantastic audiences. I've, I've been very lucky. I've, I've done stand up in a lot of places in the world. I've been lucky. Maybe, uh, they're, maybe they're a little bit more polite in Canada. That's all. Uh, your show, uh, for JFL Vancouver, which is what you're promoting today is February 22nd, the Rio theater, uh, yeah. 7 PM JFL Vancouver.com is where to get tickets. Uh, of course, I'm doing the done... early show. That's the other weird thing about aging. It's like, if I went to <laughs> Florida, I could one. do like one, three and five. Um, amazing I remember that sounds great we used to have actually to do like three we, we used to have to do like eight ten and midnight and um sorry my dog is down here uh yeah, i'm doing a show it's called i identify as a witch um mm -hmm. just because i like the whole metaphysical world and my mother was very psychic and yes my dog right here and um i don't know i like talking about that stuff my shows are just dinner parties really you're my guests and i've got four hours of courses that i could you know, cook for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah my, you want to hear great. my new favorite joke? Yeah. What, what's yes, your, what's, what's your new favorite joke? Oh my God. I did one. I did one last night. I never did before, but it was like, I, I'm, so I'm a single guy. So I'm like, I'm dating. Uh, I find that like girls always leave a hoodie uh, or, or a sweater when they come over. And I think it's because they want to come back over. So I have a new plan is if they leave something, they leave an article cl clothing, I'm going to wear it. Like I'm wearing it out. And then I gets like a little chuckle. And then I said, and then I kind of take a sip of my drink. I go, these panties are really uncomfortable. Um, that's, that's it. Funny. That's the joke. Yeah. That's funny. Um, that's funny. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I of course I want to I want to tweak it for you. I want okay, you to say, um, I don't know how you guys wear these thongs. Something more specific okay. than fancy. Okay. So we can, yeah. you know, like so you can actually be like, God. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I can't help it. I've been teaching comedy. So now I like hear the joke and I'm like, 
so it's funny. I, I don't mean to. I like that. Yeah, last night was the first night I did it. I was like, I'll try this fun little throwaway part. And yeah. it like rocked. And I was like, okay, there's something there's something here. So yeah, yeah. okay, I'll try that way. That's great. What's your, um, what's your... I've decided that um, I finally am ready to have a threesome. I don't care if it's like an extra man or an extra woman. I just want someone to hold my neck back. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I do, I do a visual like... on a non-visual podcast. Very yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. I like are you going to be like a... in? Um, are you are you going to be in uh, Vancouver? I'm not. I'm in Hamilton that week at the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival there. So oh, I'll be cool. doing I'll be doing comedy there. I'm doing the podcast live, which is nice. which is exciting. Yeah. And who First will, who will be there? Uh, Ron James is going to be on the podcast. I have great. Sean Majunder. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, a few. Sean and other I people. hosted the YTV Awards in 1997. Oh, I'll bring that up. I'll, I'm going to bring oh, that up. I love, I love finding. He's hilarious. Yeah, very funny. Oh yeah, uh, one of the best. Like this hour has 22 minutes. A show that's been going on in Canada forever. When I think of that show, I think of him. Like I think of his characters, yeah. and yeah, he's great. Um, I have his three more. Just... Characters is who I think of. That's the one. Uh, Gurge, yeah. I think, is the name of the character. Yeah, uh, the sweating character. So when he's interviewing, interviewing like the prime minister and just sweating all over the place, that's amazing. It's so funny. Um, three more, kind of rapid fire. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite ride at Disney? Um, Soarin' over California. It's Mine. the most magical. Could just do it a hundred times. And then I'm going to give you more than one. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, because my daughter and I love it. But Classic. the last time we went for the first time, that Star Wars experience is insane. It's crazy. I, that it's... Is, and the, the little actors are so good and committed. Yeah. So good. Like when you're uh, like the Rise of the Resistance one, when you're yes. lined up, when they have you lined yes. up. Oh, my God. That's and like, we were like the only people in it and they were still freaking scared. But those effects, no, that one blew my mind. I love it. Yeah. When, when I went on that one, like maybe within its first like couple months, it came out and uh, people were crying. Like Star Wars fans were emotional about that ride. I'm not a big Star yeah. Wars person, but like I got it. Like it's great. By the way, I argue Soren around the world is better than Soren California. I uh, absolutely. When you can because smell you can the dirt smell under the, the elephants. The elephants. That's it. That's the elephants. That's exactly elephants. Why. And the rose water <laughs> at the Taj Mahal. Yeah. Amazing. That's it's why I like so yeah, the, the I love it. I love it. Yeah. Great ride to bring your kid on too. Like I brought my daughter on that ride and, and seeing her, like, she's like, what did we fly? Like that one, that one was cool to bring a, to bring your, your kid on. Um, it's so cool. Uh, I, I asked this question of everyone. I just want to so uh, have this like beef with IMDb uh, that it's never yeah. right for everyone. Everybody says this. They hate it. I've had um, like I, I've had Lauren Michaels on this show and his IMDb was wrong. So like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So I like to quiz people. And that is, do you know your first credit on IMDb? Your very first credit. Is it Meatballs 3? It is Meatballs 3. You got it right. Yeah. You know why? Because this I've got two jokes about Meatball 3. One, this is true. I was temping. My mother got me a job temping. And then this, I got this, uh, Michael Weiner was the associate casting director. 
And he said, oh, you got to go in and audition for Meatballs 3. So the producer was so scummy. He was literally on, oh my God, this is so hilarious. I forgot this. Okay. So he was literally in the phone, like swearing at somebody. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, and completely not interested in me. Okay. So I saw the casting comments, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was such a pig, this guy. He had written great tits, great ass by like, there were like 20 girls. And then- <laughs> And then some were like, outstanding tits, okay, ass. Like, it was just all tits, ass, ass, tits, like varying adjectives around that, right? And then I saw my name and it said, funny, really funny. <laughs> and I was like, God, that is so like, and I was like, and they were pretty good at the time. I was 22, what are, you know, but I just thought that was, I forgot about that. Anyway, then my mother said, um, forgot that, uh, well, Care got offered the part of the topless water skier, but sadly, she can't water ski. And then she told everybody. And then, so I was beach girl four. And uh, then, but the, what's so weird about it is like, you know, your life, you get these little like weird, what do they call that? What do they call it when they call them, when they put Mickey Mouse's hidden all over something? Yeah, the hidden and, Mickeys. Yeah, but there's Easter anyways, eggs, the, Easter eggs. Easter eggs, right. Yeah. So, that was 1980, like, six, Nine? maybe? No. Okay. Oh, no, no. 89. No, it was like 85. 80, I was, yeah, it was like 85 or 86. And Patrick Dempsey was the star of that movie. Okay. And $150,000 for his charity. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I know, but it's just so weird. Like, you know, that's life. Parents, life is so my weird. My parents like met that. each other when they were 11 and 12 and then not again until college. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, so I, I grew up, I have like one of those stories. I grew up in um, radio. I was obsessed with radio. I listened to Howard Stern, even though I was way too young to listen to Howard Stern. Like that, I wanted to be Howard Stern. Um, right so bad and then i ended up meeting this guy who ended up being a writer on howard's show and so like they invited me to howard's show so i got to go you know to the howard stern show uh, a few months ago and just like being in the studio and like thinking back as a kid i was like i used to this is crazy like everything i feel like just comes around full circle it's yeah it's so it's so wild okay um, do you want something crazy so after my first year on sabrina I was, I don't know why I was super stressed. And my sisters and I went to this spa in Tucson. I can't remember what it's called. It's not Miyamo, but anyway, we're walking along and, I, and I'm like, was that Janet Jackson? And they're like, yes, we have a few celebrities here. And then I walk and I go, is that Howard Stern? <laughs> they're like, yes. Howard Stern terrified me before I knew him. I was right. so scared of him because I thought he was just like mean and a bully. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweetest, loveliest man. His wife is the lovely. He's so gracious. Anyway, I'm, I've never seen men freak out more about another man. We were on this mountain oh. biking thing in the afternoon. They were like swarming around him just to like be near him, you know? And I was like, 
I was literally terrified. I'm like, I'm going to fall on this bike and then he's going to make fun of me. And then we were in like a meditation class or something together. And, and I went over and talked to him and then he was always so sweet to me in New York too. They asked me to be on the show quite a few times. And I was like, I'm not going on the show because I believe there's a scale on the on the floor. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, yeah, there was yeah. a scale on the floor. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean like the whole floor, it's like, you don't have to step on it. They just know the minute you walk. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. He's, he's, he's so good at his job he's so good he's so i mean I he his interviews are, he, he, he was going to one day uh he was going to run for governor of new york and he got a lot of support like in the yeah. late 90s yeah um, so, um, so do you know andrew carter i don't know andrew carter oh huh. i mean he's just he's a morning show guy in montreal okay yeah yeah, no, I don't know. Joey Elias, you know Joey? He's a comic. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, so he does, yeah, he, he does radio in Montreal as well. More sports, yeah. I think, Joey does. Yeah, I just did yeah. a weekend with him. He's great. Um, last funny. question for you. Uh, yes. This is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. We're doing our yeah. induction next week. I know you don't know who's in and who's out of the Hall of Fame, but when you think of Canadian Comedy Hall of Famer, who who do you think of? Like, who comes to mind? Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara. Like They're both being inducted. Yeah. They're both okay. in. Amazing. Yeah. Mike Mike McDonald, I really think of. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ron James is fantastic. Uh I think Martin might be the funniest human on earth. The best. Yeah. To see him to see him become a bagpipe and have a stranger carry him across the stage. <laughs> Yes, and he he once introduced me. Oh God, he he's so insane. We were doing the Johnny Carson Comedy Festival together, and he introduced me. And this is how he introduced me. You know, people don't know this, but Caroline is the one who invented "Lock Her Up," the chant, and we love to watch the feed the children commercials and laugh and laugh. I'm like, what is wrong with you, Martin Short? <laughs> I love it's that. So yeah. Ridiculously funny. I'm like, oh god. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest talk I show. Do believe, I do believe Canadians are innately funnier than any others. Oh, 100 percent Absolutely. I mean, every uh, time I go to Montreal, every time I go to a festival, I'm blown away by how good the Canadian comics are. Deborah is so killing it out here. Yeah. She's so the funny. Best. She's oh so god. funny. Yeah. Yeah. You, I watch and, clips um, on her Steph where Olive is doing so well. She's That's hilarious great. and she's fearless. Yeah, they're great. So many great yeah. Canadian comics. Amazing. Yeah, they're so good. By the way, Martin Short, would you say greatest talk show guest of all time? I'm sorry, I'm eating little mini marshmallows. Was he my greatest right. talk show guest? What is he the greatest? Like of all, like he is the greatest talk show guest, like top five at least. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say when he's Jiminy Glick, it's even better. And he's the host then. I mean, those Jiminy yeah. Glick are so funny. Yeah. God, he's funny. Yeah, yeah. Those um, backhanded compliments are, are great. He was kind of nervous as a host. It was funny. I remember being on his show in like the '90s, and he had this like big energy looking at you. But he's yeah. He, I mean, when he's on Letterman, yeah, that was the greatest. Yeah, the yeah. best. Um, Carolyn, yeah. once again, February twenty second, the Rio Theater in yes. Vancouver. Uh, yes. JFL Vancouver is where to get tickets. Thanks so much for coming on my show. I really, I really appreciate this. Thank you this. so much was, uh, for having This me. was a Let's huge treat so for me. So thank you so much. Cool. Lovely to talk to you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Caroline Ray is so gosh darn funny. Uh, 
you don't want to miss her. February 22nd, JFL Vancouver. Uh, she'll be performing at the Rio. She says the early show. She wanted to stress that. It's the early show. I, I loved her stories. The Norm story was great. Uh, the Conan story was amazing. So much fun. That's an episode I'm going to go back and listen to again and again. Great, great time talking and catching up with Caroline Ray again. Okay, next up, another very funny woman. It's Leslie Liao. Leslie, uh, she'll be at JFL Vancouver as well. She was at New Faces uh, two years ago. Now she's got a big stage, big show. Two shows, actually. February 23rd, JFL Vancouver. She will be at the Bitmore. JFLVancouver.com is where to get tickets for that. Leslie didn't start stand-up until she was 29 years old. and She's already been on The Tonight Show. Her credits are amazing. She's touring the country. And we get right into this, right off the, the top. She just quit her job at Netflix, where she worked in HR last week. Yeah, she worked at Netflix. She gave it all up to go for the dream, to pursue comedy. I also did that, but I I still have a job. I still have a job. I didn't go all in like Leslie Liao, but I don't have the credits like Leslie Liao. I'm no Leslie Liao. You know, I'm not I'm not doing the Tonight Show like Leslie, but I am doing the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Uh, very fun conversation with her. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. My interview. Leslie Liao on the CCHOF podcast. Are you still working at Netflix? So we can talk about this, too. I just quit as of like a week ish ago. Oh so my God. this is my this is my new life. Okay, cool. I just, we're, and we're recording, by the way. We're, we've, I've, I've already jumped oh, in. Oh, great. Oh, um, great. You just quit. I just quit my job, too, to jump into comedy. How That feels yes. pretty amazing, right? Look, look at us. Look <laughs> at us now. Um, how does it feel? I mean, it's it's the best. It's the best. It's really just like, um, like having all of your time back in the day to focus on it. Because we, because you just quit your day job did you also have a day job i i quit my day job to do more comedy adjacent day jobs um so i quit my like not comedy related stuff to to dive right into you know working in film and stuff like that so yeah awesome um because it's just we multitask enough all day like just like the little things we do like we shouldn't do this but driving and texting you know listening to one person and thinking about something else. So like multitasking two jobs is so abusive to ourselves. Like it's, I couldn't wait not. And I actually liked the day job. Like as a human being, it was like a nice work-life balance thing, but um, I'm so, I feel so much more. I'm like a butterfly let out of the cage. Like I feel so, it feels so much better. Was it weird going into the office after doing stuff like the Tonight Show, like being on the Tonight Show one night and then going back to work the next day? That must have been hard and bizarre. It was weird. It was yeah. weird. It was awkward. It was awkward. Like I felt people people looked at me like, "What are you doing here?" Like it it was yeah. more like it was definitely bizarre, also embarrassing. Like it just felt like like, cause so many people, and I also forget like the reach of the Tonight Show. Like people watch it still. Like, um, they have a huge like social media thing, and so I, and in my mind, I was like, who who watches the Tonight Show? It's a weeknight. We're sleeping, right? Like, yeah. it's just Jimmy Fallon. You know what I mean? In my mind, no one heard of it, but it was so embarrassing. Just like 
going back to the office, just getting lunch with everyone else, people doing double takes of like, wait, weren't you? I swear I just saw you somewhere. Um, it was the worst. Like doing this yeah. best, but like going to work like business as usual was the worst. I was I went to JFL a couple years ago and I remember I was riding an elevator with Pete Holmes and Bob Odenkirk and we're just like in a conversation chatting and then I thought back to that my next day at work you know I'm like sitting in my office like putting ones and zeros into a spreadsheet just like I was oh, just like that hurts me. hanging out with them in an elevator and I'm back here you know what I mean but it's it is a weird bizarre and people not in the comedy world like don't get that like did you still get like even though you were doing full you know full-time you're making money do, do people still thought it was a hobby like oh that's leslie's fun hobby that she does it depended on everyone's perspective some people thought it was a hobby if they didn't follow comedy so they mm -hmm. and i i would casually mention it only at work if it came up in conversation if it came up in the monday morning small talk how was your weekend then I'd say, great, had some shows, traveled here, had some shows. And then people would be like, oh, you do comedy? That's cute. Oh, that's nice. Like people who don't follow it. Because, you know, there's plenty of people that like don't know what JFL is if they're not right. for comedy lovers. Like we yeah. know JFL because it's, it is the Oscars for it's like. And in Canada, fun. it's different. Like in Canada, it's part of, it's a household thing. But in the States, it would be completely different to that, yes. right? Like yeah. in the States, it's totally different. If you're a comic, you worship JFL, you love to go to JFL. Um, but other other than that, like you might not know what it means. But uh, so it just depended on people's perspective. People who did follow comedy um, understood that it was like my secret, like this, I'm trying to get out and do this full time. Like people who know mm -hmm. what Don't Tell Comedy is or who saw The Tonight Show. But um, my last year, my boss was starting to slowly realize that this was not just a hobby. Like after I explained to her what JFL was and she's like, oh, that sounds really cool. I was like, yeah, it's actually a really big deal. And she's like, yeah, cool, neat. And then the Tonight Show and she goes, I had to ask her, not really ask her, but tell her, hey, I have to go to New York for a night or two, but I'll be back. I just got to do the Tonight Show. She was like, "Yeah, what? Like, And then she started following me on social media and saw like things tracking and she was like wait sorry what what is it like so she was starting to realize like oh I'm gonna lose you at this job like this is not just like a cute little like I garden on Sundays like this is a <laughs> day every night every weekend yeah, yeah I, I went to JFL the year before you did and when I got back my boss and uh, I was in the stand-up and pitch competition and my boss and I ended up winning it. My boss brought me into her office as soon as I came back in. And she's like, you have to let me give me two weeks notice if you're leaving. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, not yet. I don't know. Like nothing's happened yet. But yeah, it's a weird thing. And I, I was reading your story. I was like, oh, this is very relatable to my story, which which is neat. T tell me about New Faces, uh, getting that. What has that done for your career? It, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. New Faces rules. It ruled. It was like... I had the dreamiest week. Um, I I think we were so, as like comics, we're so used to just like the normal day-to-day, -day, do the show, say hello to people, go home, go to bed, wake up, repeat. But JFL is such a like fun way to pause and be like, can we all just have fun? Like, can we all just have happy, like be happy for each other and celebrate that we're all here? Like that whole vibe 
I never like, and I went with all these comics in LA that I know and love. And I got closer to them at JFL because it's such an adult summer camp thing. Um, and we just like got to be happy for each other, which was so lovely. Um, so I, I had the best time of my life. I, I still can't believe I did it, but, um, what it did for me was like, I, I feel like it did what it was designed to do for everyone, like launch you and introduce you. And, um, I think, especially for me, I, I did it while working at my day job and there were people, so I worked at Netflix. So that was my day job. So the Netflix um, stand-up team and the casting team and the film team and the animation team, they're all at JFL. Like they're yep. doing the job and scouting. So some of them I knew I did stand-up, some of them didn't. So they saw me do new faces and then murmurs were around were like, wait, she's our coworker? Like what? So they would find me at the fun after party at the hotel and they would come up to me like, you do not work at Netflix. I'm like, yes, I do. Like, here's my Netflix like profile. Like, look, like, yes, <laughs> you can look me up. So there was that bizarre aspect. And then just partying with comics. I'm like, I was built for this, like doing a show, going to an after party with comics. Like it was the happiest time ever. Um, so it did like, I got to bond with everyone and then just like introducing me to industry for them to be like oh this is not a hobby oh yeah. she really does this like I think it I think it kind of um raised people's eyebrows in Hollywood <laughs> that's that's the best place to have eyes, eyebrows raised too eyebrows raised. um <laughs> what uh where, where did comedy start for you? you you started like a little later than than most people in 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 the stand-up world um how did how did that journey come about I for sure started later. I started at age 29 in LA. So, so that's late. I think um, I wanted to be originally living in LA. I wanted to be like a fancy power suit Hollywood exec and like produce big Holly, like comedy blockbuster. Like that was my original goal, went to film school for it. So I worked at all these agencies and production companies for comedy. Um, and I did that up until age 29. Um, and, but part of that, that career hope was like, I went to a ton of comedy shows in LA and I just fell in love with stand up. I always loved it like as a kid, but like going to live shows was the best. And LA is, is great. Like you can just go out any night and see a great show. So I was just like, this is the best. If I can somehow make this my job, I want this to be my job. And then slowly we all have that idea in our heads. Like maybe I could do stand up. Like I think all comics have it. For me, it was like a micro idea way, way, way in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. And slowly it grew bigger until at age 29, it popped. Like I was like, you just stop thinking about it. You clearly love it. Just go do it. Um, and, you know, 29 is, I think, late for stand-up. That was my impression because everyone starts it way earlier. Um, but I just thought, like, if I'm going to go on stage and preach into a mic about my opinions... Um, I better know who I am. And I didn't know who I was in, when I was 25. Like I was still like aloof, but like, so I, I just waited till I felt more confident as a human being to to start to like, feel confident in my writing and my voice. Yeah. Stand-up's like one of those things where people are like, oh, that person started earlier or later, but it's kind of like, it's the right time for the person. It's not like 
you know, working, working as a plumber where you start that out of high school or something like it has to be the right time in your life. You know, you have to either endure a trauma for some people or just have a like a life experience you need to talk about. It's it's got to be that that uh, that moment. Um, I like asking this question of people and especially people with like life perspective is um, if you if young 18 year old Leslie could could look at you in one moment and be like blown away to see what you have done. Um, what would be that moment that would, that you would, you know, like to show your, your younger self, would it be like being on the tonight show stage as, as a moment that, that would blow your younger self away? Oh my gosh. She would be, she would be shocked if she saw this 18 year old Leslie, it would be the tonight show. I would say Netflix, but I don't know that Netflix existed when I was 18. I can't do the math right now, but I think it would be The Tonight Show because um, I was obsessed with late night TV. I had a TV in my room. My parents allowed me to have a TV in my room. So yeah, every night, same. you know, we yeah we were lucky. So every night it was Conan, 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 Conan every night without fail. And I just was like, how fun does that look? Like, wow, I wonder if people make money doing that. Like, wow, how it just looked so cool and so unachievable because I was in my home in Orange County, staying up all night doing homework. How, like, how unachievable does that seem for us? Mm-hmm. So, like, think Tonight Show, like, being with the cameras and the lights and all that stuff. I think little Leslie would have been like, no way. How did you do that? Like, it for sure would have been the Tonight Show. And also, like, watching SNL, you know, every weekend and like, you know, having Jimmy Fallon say my name on TV, like those tiny little things that I don't even think about. It would for sure be that. And just just also my parents being psyched about it is another 18 year old Mm -hmm. Leslie thing that she'd be like, really? Like they're so psyched about me doing this now. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. You know, especially that it's at 30 rock. Like you were at 30 rock like that iconic building for you know people that grew up watching late night tv because it feels like a fake place you know until you go yeah it feels like a you know like i can't even like a mythical land but like that's a good gratitude practice i think we should do like what would 18 year old you think of you today like yeah that's good because you don't you don't you don't often like look like those moments happen. And then I don't know, my brain is always like, what is next? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you were like, when you got out of the tonight show, you're like, I can't wait for the next thing. And not like looking back on like the, the cool thing that just happened. That's, I feel like that's very much a, a comics thing is always like, okay, like when, what's the next like, what's uh, this appearance? It's yeah, like, exactly. come on, you just did the tonight show. You got it. Like, yeah. you no, know, like, so oh, yeah. totally. It was, it was the best that filming. That yeah. was the best too. Um, I want to I want to remind people too that are listening. February twenty third, two shows, seven and nine p.m. at, at the Bitmore, um, JFL Vancouver is uh, where you get tickets for that. Have you performed in Canada before? Only for new faces. Only for oh Montreal. right, only for new faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, what do I, what do I expect in Vancouver? I I feel like it's very good energy. Yeah, v- Vancouver school. I've never made it as far to Vancouver. Um, I lived out there for a little bit, but I've never done I've never done stand up there. But I heard JFL Vancouver is uh, is a great great festival, great experience um, for comics. You're also doing shows in Toronto coming up too. I saw in March, I believe. 
um, which is yeah. cool. Toronto is very cool. There's a JFL that they do there in September, yeah. but um, you're doing the Comedy Bar, which is one of the coolest venues in uh, in Canada. So that that'll People be fun as well. Love it, and it feel I feel like the energy in Canada is very positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Did you find that difference between the audiences in the states and Canada when you did New Faces? A little bit. I, I guess like New Faces Montreal is such a vacuum, like a mm -hmm. bubble of comedy, but like it, it felt so dreamy. Like everyone was so happy to be there. Um, and I, I guess I know post-pandemic influenced it too. Like everyone's just happy that it's back and semi-normal. Um, but I do, I do get the sense that like people there genuinely love comedy and that's all they're there for. It's not to be cool, not to be social, not to have something to do on a weekend, but they just want to go see a good show. Like that's the vibe. Yeah. It's so funny. The States is like that. Like you do stuff to be cool. I remember one time I went to, you know, those top golf, golf simulators. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a bar. Yeah. And like I was in, I was in Orlando, like hanging out with my parents in, in Florida. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to bring my clubs and go to the golf simulator. And I like wore my golf shoes. And like, I was going to practice golf, but people are there in like dress shoes and blazers. Well, and, like, like, it is like a, a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny to me. I'm like, this is a golf. This is a golf simulator. You practice your game here, but that is like such an American thing. Like, everything is like just you got to make it cool. Do. It's something around. Yeah. Like, I went yeah. to talk golf today. It's just like, it's so funny. And people do that for stand up instead of like, oh, I want to go see this comedian because I like them. It's like a cool. Like they have to make it like this whole thing, which is, I mean, that's the American way. Yeah. Gets them out, or whatever. It gets them out. It's different. different. Yeah, exactly. They go to the they go to the show. Um, what do you what do you not love about stand up? What would you change about the whole job, the whole career? Is there anything that you're like I fucking hate doing this thing? Okay, is I it was... morning radio? Oh my god! I mean, morning radio is hard because it's just the timing of it. So yeah. So my my I have a silly answer and a serious answer. Okay. The, the silly answer is like I, if I could do a two p.m. show. Oh yeah. Like and and have my evening. I would change the hours. I get it. It's a nighttime activity. You know, it's a date night. It's a you have a drink. Like I get it for the for the audience. But for yeah. me, like, you know, like we're out all night. And then by the time you actually go to bed, by the time mm -hmm. you fall asleep, even if the show ends at 10, you talk to You're people, out. you wrap up, you maybe hang out, and then you go home, you gotta wind down, you gotta brush your mm -hmm. teeth. You know, like if I could adjust it so I could have a normal sleeping hour, that would, that would, I would adjust that. My, my serious answer is it's kind of, I mean, I guess this is for most industries. There's no like structure of how to learn to do it. It's really like mm -hmm. a, a free for all. Like if you want to get into standup, you got to either listen to a thousand podcasts of, you know, your standup heroes, read the Steve Martin book, take, take somewhat of a class, like, go to open mics, like there's, it's a free for all, meaning like, we can't just go to college for it. You know, you can't like, take a proper thing and like meet other comics in your class, like, and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe it's meant to be that way. Like, maybe it's meant to be like, super individual, and you just figure it out on your own. But it feels because it's like that, it feels like there's no community until you build one. Um, So I kind of maybe secretly wish there was a school for stand-up and we could all like meet other people who we graduate with and learn from our elders properly um like the I think the education part of it is super inconsistent 
So it's it's interesting, like when I meet up and coming standups, like they ask very interesting questions where I'm like, I don't think yeah, you know what you're getting into. Like they're like, mm -hmm. so what do I getting paid? I'm like, I think you gotta write a good joke first, honey. Like yeah. I, you know, like so it's it's I think that part makes it even harder and doing it alone is hard. Like, would it would it be nice if we had a comedy kumon or something? I don't I don't know. Every everybody has an opinion too. Like it's one of those industries where like somebody's like, "Hey, you don't want to do crowd work in your first couple years," and the next person's like, "You should try a little crowd work on th that joke." You know, you should try to interact with the audience. Like, there's no you're gonna hear the opinion. So I think it's like the people that succeed are the people who like um, kind of form their own opinions quick enough, and they're 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 not just taking everything in, but they're also not just shutting everyone out. There's like a good balance there in 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 comedy. It's so hard no matter what, no matter who you are, but it, it is true. Like do what's right for you. Like, like what you said, like start at the age that makes sense for you, write the jokes that make sense for you. If crowd work doesn't make sense for you, don't try to be a crowd work person. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, but it is such a, it's such a manic wild, wild West that I think can deter a lot of people from doing it, but maybe that's a good thing. You know, a yeah. lot of people who think I could do this. I'm like, okay, yeah. Try, try it. it. Yeah, Let's, exactly. You know, Go to an open mic. Yeah. yeah. Then it goes well. You're shit. I know. I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Went well for them. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at your LinkedIn. I don't know when you've updated your LinkedIn last time, but <laughs> uh, oh, it's still you. saying you work at Netflix. You got it. No, it comes up really high. I always like to look. I always like uh, when I'm doing these interviews, I think it's like fun and funny to find like Jeffrey Osmus, you know, Jeffrey, he was at JFL. Oh, He's a so funny. Comic. Yeah. He's yeah. the best. He's the best. But his LinkedIn, he, he like left it untouched like four years ago. So I brought it up. So I'm like, oh, so are you still volunteering at the YMCA in Minnesota? <laughs> He's like, yes, I am. It's a, it's yeah. a, yeah, yeah. He said, like, I go from New York to Minnesota to volunteer. Uh, but I saw that you were like an assistant at a talent agency, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I bet you, you probably treat assistants like on the Tonight Show or that are around so friggin' well. One hundred percent, yes. Because like, <laughs> you know, a, a version of that life, like being an assistant, is the worst. It yeah. is the worst. Like they, everyone forgets about you, and you do everything. It's like being a producer of anything like you do all the work but you don't get any of the the spotlight and it's just uh but yeah i i'm i know like every assistant i work with now and i see i go i know what you do i know how sad you are i know how much <laughs> money you make it'll be okay yeah. everything's okay that's that's the worst <laughs> um i have two more for you they're kind of fun ones my first one is my my attack on uh imdb internet <laughs> movie database um it is never right for anyone. Um, so I try to, I try to, I, I always tell people I had um, Lauren Michaels on this show very, very briefly. I had like three questions with him, but his IMDB page was wrong. And that's Lauren friggin Michaels. So I like to ask people to quiz them. Um, my question is, do you know the first credit on your IMDB page? I feel like I, I know it because I, I bet I put it on there. I want to say it's like, um, there's a movie that Kevin Hart and The Rock did. You're right. Yeah, that's Central that's your Intelligence. First is it that one? Central Intelligence. Yeah, I remember that movie. That yeah, was, I, that was like I seven I years ago or something. Producers. Um, I think because my boss, who I worked for, this producer on the movie, and he was super cool, and he was like, "You deserve a credit. You did so much on this movie. Like, let's try to get you 
you know, your name on the thing somewhere. I was like, yes, put that awesome. I did anything, put that I was the water boy. I don't care. Like, yeah, whatever. So he like made something, we made something up like production lady office person. And then, and I think I remember seeing that and getting very excited because it's an exciting. Yeah. I think it says production assistant. I think it, it does, which is cool. That's awesome. Okay. Um, that's a super fun movie too. Like I love the rock and Kevin Hart and anything. They're they're great. Um, my my final question for you. I know, and it's th- I, a lot of times it's Canadians on the show, so this one's a bit of a test. Um, so this is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I know you don't know who's in and who's out, who we've inducted into the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. But from your regulation, when you think of Canadians that are Comedy Hall of Famers, like who comes to mind? And this is kind of a quiz too to see if you know who's Canadian and who's not. Oh no, I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm blanking. Some someone I love is a Canadian comic, and I'm blanking. A stand-up? Yeah. Is this a test to see who's in the Hall of Fame? No, no, it's a test. It's it's not a test. It's it's not a test. It's so funny because uh, I, sometimes I do this thing on the show where I say Canadian or not Canadian. And it, people will be shocked by how many people are Canadian. Like Lauren Michaels is Canadian. I knew uh, that. Yeah. Like. Um, it, there's going to be someone that surprises me, I bet. I know. I know. My friend Andrea Jin is from Canada. Andrea Jin, she's from Vancouver. She's at JFL Vancouver too, right? She was the first yeah. guest on the show, by the way. Oh, the she very was? The first guest ever. She's from Canada. Yes. I know that yes. because we're friends and she told me and I listened. So I know that. She is a great pick for a future Canadian Hall of Famer. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. That's she's very job. funny. Yeah. She's won the Juno, which is like a Grammy here in Canada oh, that's um, so for, for com- comedy album of the year. So that's super, that's, that's huge. That's like winning a Grammy. Like it's, I mean, it's not cause it's can't, but it is cause it's, but it is, but thing. it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sophie Buttle. Sophie Buttle is another great cane. She's from my hometown here. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just naming friends at this point. Who, <laughs> who was like someone in the Hall of Fame? So like, I'll tell you, we're like Jim Carrey is a Hall. Damn it! I know. <laughs> that's a big one. Martin Short. I knew it. Eugene I knew Levy. It. Obviously, yeah. worship Jim Carrey. Obviously, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, you guys, you guys make good people. Our comedy, it's it's top notch here. It's top it's, notch. It's um, very elevated. It's sophisticated. Yeah, I don't know. I, we don't know what it is. I mean, we're not a big place. So, <laughs> um, thanks so much, Leslie, for doing this once again. Two shows at the Bitmore in Vancouver, February twenty third, seven p.m., nine p.m. It's jflvancouver.com to get tickets. Um, and you're gonna be at Comedy Bar too, so I'll promote that in March. Um, all things Leslie, go to what's your, what's your website again? Uh, LeslieLiao.com. LeslieLiao.com. There you go. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Put it in the books. That's what we call an episode. Holy smokes, Caroline Ray, I'm absolutely amazing. She will be at the Rio in Vancouver, February 22nd. Leslie Liao, two shows at the Bitmore, February 23rd. Tickets for all those shows are at jflvancouver.com. And don't forget, the podcast is going live next week, next Friday and Saturday, which is the 23rd and 24th. Ron James, Sean Majunder, Elvira Kirk, Aurora Brown will all be live uh, in studio with me 
uh, four shows, CanadianComedyHall.com to get tickets for that. CanadianComedyHall.com is where you go to get tickets for all of the Hall of Fame gala. The the Thursday shows, the French show, the Gotland show, the Hamilton show on Friday, and of course the big closing gala Saturday night. So head to CanadianComedyHall.com for tickets for those. Thanks again to Caroline. Thanks again to Leslie. I got more big episodes in the works. Don't forget the live episodes will eventually be on this, but why don't you just go there? Why don't you go listen to them live? Just go listen to them. Just go to Hamilton and listen to them live. Uh, For the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast, I'm Chad Noonan.